Hey, this is Ashlyn Beagley, and you are listening to All My Life, a podcast all about what it really means to follow Jesus and make disciples. Because once we have encountered the living God and been set free from our sin, everything else radically shifts for all of our life. Hello, hello, and welcome back to the podcast. I have something so special and so exciting for you guys today. It is our first interview, and so I've brought on my aunt, Kim Day, who literally, I always refer to this woman as the godliest woman I know. She has been such a vessel used by the Lord in my life to pour wisdom into me and point me to Jesus and remind me to fall at my Savior's feet. She's the woman who I can go to whenever I'm at a really low place, and she's just going to remind me of who my God is and who I am. She is such a heart for women, such a heart for women's ministry, and when I decided that I wanted to kind of start this podcast off with an interview, a conversation about what it means to actually live out of our faith in Jesus, I was like, I need to interview my aunt, Kim. And so I'm so excited to share this conversation with you guys. If you are not a believer, I encourage you to stick around, listen to this. You will get an idea of what it looks like to have a personal relationship with Jesus. And if you are a believer, give it a listen, be encouraged, be reminded, and be pointed back to who our God is and just listen to the wisdom that she has to bring to the table all about living out of our faith and living out of our theology. And before we start this, I want to preface this by saying that theology is a word we say a few times, and it's a really big, kind of scary sounding word. But what it means is is just the study of God. Theology is the study of God. It is what we believe about our God and who we believe our God is. And so everything overflows out of our theology, really, when you think about it. And so we talk a lot about our theology because it's the overflow of who we believe our God is. And so I want to preface this by saying that um, I cannot wait to share this conversation with you. So without further ado, let's jump into it. Hey, Kim, thank you so much for being my first guest on this podcast. I'm so excited. I'm excited to be here. What fun it is to do this with you. (laughs) Okay, so let's literally just jump right in. Um, Can you give the listeners kind of a little bit of your backstory into who you are, how the Lord captured your heart, Mm -hmm. and kind of your passion for women's ministry since this that's what this podcast is all about. You bet. Um, you know, I kind of grew up maybe maybe like a lot of your listeners. Um, my family was a Christian family, but we were Christian really in name only. What that meant, how that translated into our family was we went to church anytime the doors were open. Um, we looked the part, right? We looked like a perfect family. But by the time I got into my teenage years, pretty much that had blown up. And life as I knew it um, ceased to exist. As my parents, our family deteriorated and my parents got a divorce. And by the time I was 18, I had pretty well tried just about anything that I thought would bring me happiness, that would satisfy me um, as as far as partying and drinking and those kind of things. And I remember being about 18 years old. And because I did have people around me who actually knew Jesus, I was about 18. And I remember throwing a prayer up kind of like this said, 
Jesus, it seems like there are people that seem to know you more than I know you. And if there's something you can do with this life, then you can just have at it. And I don't think my vocabulary was very good in those days. And so (laughs) there's no telling what that prayer really sounded like. But you use the word, tell us when God captured your heart. And capture really is the word I use Mm. to describe what happened to me that day. Because at 18, I do believe that God captured my heart and Jesus became the most important person in my life. That's awesome. So how does that then translate into your passion for women's yeah. ministry and pouring into other women? Yeah, I think probably because I thought I want to be that person then. Yeah. I want to be the person that, you know, hey, Kim seems to know Jesus and then maybe give the opportunity to share Jesus. You know, I met and married Jim. We've been married for 37 years. We raised two kids. Um, and they're adults and we have eight grandchildren, but we've also served in ministry for 30 of those 37 years and have lived overseas as missionaries. And I just, there is no other life except the life that we have in Jesus Christ and what that means. It's been a big adventure. Mm, That's so awesome. Literally. Yeah. An adventure. (laughs) I love it. Um, Okay, so to kind of jump into the topic of this episode, what would you say it actually means to be a follower Mm -hmm. of Christ? You know, I think that when we say the words, Jesus is Lord, that means that he is in control, that he is um, the orchestrator of all of the details. And when we believe that Jesus is Lord, then that means that we look to him to tell us what to do and where to go. Mm-hmm. And, and ultimately we find that in God's word. And when God captured me, he actually captured me um, with the gospel and what Jesus had done on my behalf. And he captured me with the word of God. Now, how that translates into my everyday, that is my everyday living. That affected the way I live my life, the way I talk, the way I think, what I do, what I don't do, how I relate to my neighbors, how I was a wife and how I was a mom. All of those things are affected because I'm a follower of Jesus. He gets to inform me yeah. how to live my life. Yeah. So that was kind of my next question is just acknowledging what it means to be a follower of Christ. How do do we then live out of that? And really, it's just an overflow into Mm -hmm. our entire lives. And he gets to really dictate the way we live in every area of our life. Mm -hmm. Um, So you kind of answered that. um, But going even a little bit deeper into that, what would you say is really the difference between... um, simply claiming Christ and labeling ourselves as Christians and then actually following him and actually giving him our entire lives. How do we take that, that next step? Yeah. Um, you know, I think that all of relationship with God is really a love relationship and learning to abide and live in that relationship. And and I don't know that many people actually see it as relationship. It is as real and as true as a relationship that I have with my husband or that I have with you, Ashlyn. I mean, it is a ongoing 
real relationship. And God speaks to us through his word. And he tells us, he informs us how to think and how to live. And I think then as we see him pursuing us, then we pursue God. Yeah. Um, one of my favorite authors, in fact, I have many people that I would call mentors from afar. <laughs> These are men and women that I just so respect their walks with Christ, but I have never been able to meet yeah. them. And one of those is A.W. Tozer. And I read The Pursuit of God is a book he wrote. I read it every year of my life because it wow. so was a discipling tool in my life. And one of his paragraphs there, and I'll just kind of push several of them together. Um, but he says, why is it that it seems that some have more of God than others? Mm. And he says, it's not, God doesn't want that. For yeah. him. He, what he has for one of his children, he has for all of his children, right? So there's no special blessing for us as children. But why is it that some seem to have more of God than others? And he goes on to say, I submit that it is spiritual receptivity. Mm. They had an awareness of God. Now catch this next part. And they went on to cultivate it until it became the biggest part of their lives. Wow. That's so good. <laughs> yeah. So it's kind of this, this thought that, you know, I love my husband, Jim. Mm -hmm. I loved him the day that we got married, but my relationship with him 37 years later is deeper. It's bigger. It's sweeter. I know him so much better than <laughs> I did that day that I said I do. And all through scripture, we really see that God paints this picture for us that he is like a bridegroom and we yeah. are his bride, right? It is this kind of marital kind of covenant that we have. So it is a relationship, a, an awareness that we go on to cultivate until it becomes the biggest thing in our life. And I think that's really this pursuit of God. That's what really takes up the most uh, of our lives. Yeah, that's really good because that's really, that's exactly what it is. I mean, when I look back at my own testimony in the last couple years, like the Lord really started transforming my life when I made room for him to do so. Whenever I said, okay, I'm going to cultivate this. I'm going to pursue you every day because he's already pursuing us. Yeah. And so it's, it's a two-way relationship though. And so us running to him and running to scripture and like opening the door for him to work in our lives and for him to do transformation. Um, that's so important. And I think that's, that's so cool what you just said. Yeah. Um, hey, I was just going to say this, you know, there's a biblical principle that too, that I think maybe I've lived, lived or tried to live. Um, I don't do any of this perfectly. Um, but one that I think is very important to you, to your listeners is this, that we cannot make God move. Yeah. But we can make room for God to mm. move. And I, I really think that in 2020, some of us just don't have room. We don't make the room for God to move, to yeah. speak in our lives. And that's really our part. That's our participation in this mm -hmm. love relationship that we're living in. Yeah. So what would you say would be um, for anyone listening who's like, okay, how... 
what do they mean make room for God to move? Like, what am I supposed to do with that? Because I think that can sound a little bit vague if mm. if a relationship, an actual relationship with Christ isn't something that someone's familiar with. So what would you say would be some practical ways that as a young woman, someone could make room for God to really move in their lives and a way that they could really cultivate their relationship with him? You know, I want to be really careful and preface some of my statements by this is that my relationship with God, your your relationship with God and my relationship with God does not have to look the same. Yeah. And so there's a real danger sometimes for people telling us, oh, you have, need to have a quiet time for 15 minutes or mm-hmm. an hour a day. And we want to check off those boxes. And so I want to be really careful that we recognize that God has made us all different, but God is God. And so our allegiance to him, our love for him translates in, we spend time with him, just like we would anyone that we love, right? And so for me, what that looks like is that early in the morning, I often spend time with God. I open, I have a reading plan. I don't think God says you have to be haphazard. So like I'm reading consistently scripture Mm -hmm. um, and I'm praying to him and I keep, you know, prayer journals and I write Um, out my prayers and the things that I'm wrestling with God, questions that I have in scripture. So I think um, having time with the Lord is imperative because we hear him speak through his word. So if you were never opening up his word, Mm -hmm. then we're really not hearing him speak. I do think that um, being in a, a a place where God's word is taught um, is important as well, that we are part of a community and what that looks like. I think it's important to have people around you that you're sharing life with and talking about if he's the most important relationship in your life, then that's who you're talking about. Mm -hmm. Right. And so I think those are some real practical ways for us to make room for God. That's so true. Um, That last part that you said too, about if, he really is the most important thing in our lives. Um, Like we're naturally going to be talking about him a lot and he's naturally going to come up in conversation. And it's really cool because I look back at um, my first year of college and I see that as the year that I really grew in how bold I am in my faith. Um, And I've I've gotten to the point over the last year having community um, who's really pushing me to the Mm -hmm. Lord. And then Um, my own walk with him in scripture, but I have reached um, kind of a point in my life where I can bring him up in conversation so easily because he's on my mind all the time because he is so important to me. Um, So that's really cool. And then um, I also wanted to touch on what you said about how it doesn't look the same for all of us. And I think that even going off of that, it's not going to look the same like day to day or month to month, like I can look at the beginning of 2020 before Corona hit and Tuesdays and Thursdays, I had a 7.30 a.m. lecture. So I was getting up and kind of quickly reading through a devotional, just like as I'm about to run out the door, just to kind of get my heart in the right place before I start my day. But then if I look a couple months later at being in quarantine, there were days when, where I could go sit outside for a couple hours right. with the Lord. And it's not like it's this, oh, I need to give him 15 minutes a day. Right. Um, and one thing that I've kind of prayed through and talked to him about um, 
really when quarantine started was, okay, God, I have all this free time and I can either check you off the list or I can sit down with you Mm -hmm. and I can put my phone away and I can say that I'm not going to get up until you move in my heart right now. Because whenever we open scripture, like we are making room for him to move and we can read scripture and then get up and leave and not let it change us, not let it challenge us or affect us. Or we can say, okay, what do you have for me this morning, Lord? I'm not getting up until you change my heart in some small way. Um, And that actually turned out to be a pretty powerful tool um, or a way of thinking, I guess, for me um, during quarantine when I had all this time where I could just sit with him, um, just telling myself, you know, I'm not going to just check this off the list. Um, Yeah, yeah. I think, you know, I've lived through a lot of different seasons (laughs) in my life, right? And so just like you described, I mean, some seasons are more quiet and they are more given to large chunks of time setting at the Lord's feet and just in his word, right? And then there have been seasons of my life that are so full. I might have had little kids around me and all of those things and, and I didn't have you know, an hour, two hours to spend with the Lord. And so I've always been um, a woman who writes scripture on three by five cards. And in those days of just little kids and constant movement in my house, I would have three by five cards everywhere, like above my kitchen sink, on my coffee table, all of those things. And so as I was going about my daily stuff Mm -hmm. that I had to do, I would be reading his word and God is so faithful. It's not about the amount for God. He sustained me on what I assumed was very little food, right? Mm. In his word, but he, in his economy, he sustained me even during those days on that because his word, he was speaking and his word was feeding me. Even yeah. if it was just three verses written on a three by five card over my kitchen sink. That's awesome. Yeah. And just putting that up where you're going to see it and yeah. think on that. Um, that's so awesome. That's really cool. Okay. So I wanted to hit just a little bit on what it means to suffer as a Christian and what it means to actually pick up our cross and follow him daily because I know um, and kind of what I've shared on the podcast in the past and a little bit similar to your testimony that the Lord really used a season of being really low, being brought really low um, and kind of a season of suffering in my life to really capture my heart um, through the book of Psalms because he showed me that he alone was going to satisfy me and was going to sustain me. And suffering actually ended up being a major tool of his redeeming care and grace in my mm-hmm. life. And I know that that's how he intends to use suffering in our lives. So um, would you talk a little bit about what it looks like to suffer as a Christian and how he uses that and what it looks like to fall at the feet of Jesus when life isn't so great? Yeah. Well, life isn't so great a lot of the times, <laughs> isn't it? Um, I think as as people of God, um, and specifically us talking today as women of God, what that means is that we are women who 
follow him, know him. We know him through the study of his word and listening to him speak and allowing him to transform us. And, and when I talk about that, I'm talking about becoming women of theology, right? Theology is who God is and how God acts and who we are as a result of being in Christ. And so I think then our theology is to inform us with everything mm. and, and to be the grid that we live our lives through and think through. And as a result, then we have a theology yeah. of sovereignty and we have a theology of following and we have a theology of suffering and um, because the word of God informs us and, yeah. and he, you know, he tells us if anyone wants to come after him, follow him, right? We must deny ourselves. We must pick up our cross and we must follow him. And that picking up the cross is really our identifying with him. Mm. And our Christ um, not only was conquering and victorious, he was also suffering and a servant. He was yeah. all of those things. And so um, running to God every day, not just on the good days, but on the hard days is really a matter of whether you believe God mm -hmm. is true and right and good. If you believe that God is good, not just on the good days, but on the bad days as well. And, you know, I think um, a maturing woman of God, I have a de definition for that. Um, I don't believe we ever just arrive at some of these things. I don't believe we just arrive and, okay, go check, check. We've got that. I've got <laughs> yeah. the theology of suffering. I've got the theology of sovereignty. We'll I've got, got it. Right. But we think <laughs> we, we do. Like, no, you don't. <laughs> but but you, you will always wrestle on days mm -hmm. when things are thrown at you, right? But I believe a, a maturing woman, a maturing person of God is one who realizes I have, I will not arrive. Mm -hmm. I will not ever learn this. I will continually be learning, learning this. Right. But we are people who recognize our need more quickly and we run more swiftly to our source, which is our Lord Jesus. And that to me is the definition of maturity and a maturing woman of God. Hopefully as we're maturing, then those gaps get smaller and smaller. Yeah. The time lapse between recognizing and running to our source gets smaller and smaller. I love that so much. Um, and then even when life is good, recognizing that we still need him and we still need to Absolutely. be running to him and falling at his feet and praising him, but yeah. also saying, Jesus, please continue to capture my heart. Please continue to captivate me. Um, and that really just comes with simply acknowledging and remembering who our God is and Absolutely. having that right theology. Once we recognize who our God is, we're running swiftly and quickly to him. Um, how can we join him in what he's doing around us? How can we serve other people out of what he's done in our lives, um, especially right now in this season of so much uncertainty and yeah. plans completely like falling through. Um, what would you say is a way that we can really join the Lord in what he's doing every day? You know, I think one of the mistakes that we make um, as Christians is that we are always asking, what is God's will for me? Mm. And I don't, I think that's a wrong question. And um, I think that that makes 
everything very in individualistic yeah. in our Christianity, which God does see us as individuals mm -hmm. and is very personal and intimate with us. But I think the better question, especially in the days that we're living, is to ask, what is God's will? Yeah. Not just God's will for me, but what is God's will? Well, God has revealed his will, right? Mm -hmm. He desires to be known and for us to make him known yeah. and to make him famous, right? And so um, I think when we ask the question like that, we can all say, oh, well, I I know, you know, God's will is for people to know him and for people to experience him and to know his salvation and yeah. to hear his gospel. And so then that translates out to, you know, the gospels formed me, but it's also fueling me. So what mm -hmm. does that do? Well, that, that fuels me to see people the way God sees them and um, to, to reach out to my neighbors yeah. and, you know, to do those kind of things and to just live life out of who he's created us to be. Mm -hmm. And we make it so complicated. You know, yeah, we make it, not. yeah, we make it so about like, oh, well, I've got to do these things. No, you got to be God's woman. Yeah. And then out of that, trust me, when, when I feel like I should bake bread and take it to my <laughs> neighbors, I just don't believe we're that good. So I think that that is usually the spirit of God prompting me yeah. to what? To go be gospel presence in mm -hmm. someone else's life and to extend who he is in me through me to people around yeah. me. Yeah. Just simple, humble obedience. Simple stuff. Yeah. Mm. We make yeah. it so big and it's just not go bake cookies it's really, for somebody. That's really good. That's so sweet. Um, well, that's really all I had. Um, well, it's been good to be with you. Yeah. Thank you so much for being my first guest. This was so fun. Um, I can't wait for all these girls to hear this. Um, but yeah, thank you. Okay. It's been my joy. Wow, that was so fun, so sweet, and honestly, being really um, honest and authentic here is I'm like glad to have my first interview under my belt because it's one thing to be sitting in like a closet and recording by myself, but to be interviewing someone, I'm glad that I got to do that with my sweet aunt, and I'm so excited that you guys got to listen into this conversation. Let me know what you think. Send me a message on Instagram, and if you know someone who could listen to this and be encouraged by this, please share it with them. Thank you so much, and I will see y'all next time.